guys, it's not too late to do some late Christmas shopping. Robin, what do you want from Chris for Christmas? What do you want from Christmas, a Robin? Pile, a pile of leaves. Preferably the kind that blows in the wind. Um, you want, like, fancy leaves? No, I just want a lot of them. <laughs> a big pile of leaves. This is more than a pile. <laughs> Use your words. <laughs> yes, a mountain of leaves. I'm Robin Kopic. My name is Meow Meow. And I'm Maddie Gray, and you are listening to Grow Up, a Saturday morning podcast for cyborg millennials, where we take the media from our childhoods, we watch it as adults, and we pick apart and analyze that media from our adult perspectives. This week, we're starting something that's uh, pretty special. Super special. That sounds so can- special. This month, this month we are we watch we are gonna be the whole month. God damn it! This month we are going to be watching several different animes as a tribute to the time in my life and others. <laughs> mostly others, but oh, mostly Catherine's, <laughs> mostly me. <laughs> That all I did was wear my Naruto sweatband on my wrist and talk about or on High School Host Club and dress like L for Halloween and print out a big picture of Kakashi on my door, my closet. <laughs> I dress like him too now that I think about it. To school. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, very distinct memories of you wearing mm. anime related gear. No, no, no. I'm saying I dressed like Kakashi. <laughs> Put a bunch of white shit in my hair. Covered half my face. Anime month! Happy January! You know what that means. It's anime month! So we started with... <laughs> we st- so we started with uh, one of the movies that is known for breaking uh, anime into the English and American world. It's 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 a gem. It's it's huge. It's bullets. It's things. It's, it's Scarlett Johansson. No, it's, it's not. no Scarlett. <laughs> no, no, no. In the Shell. It's the original 1995 movie Ghost in the Shell. No Joe. No Johansson. No Joe. No Joe. So what is Ghost no in the Shell? It's a 1995 anime cyberpunk film based on a manga. Manga. Um, manga. We're not doing I'm sorry. that here. <laughs> <laughs> based on a manga by. Masamune Shiro. <laughs> Who wants to summarize this plot? It's a very difficult plot to summarize. This is, I would say, one of the more complicated things that we've watched. Holy hell, right? Uh, in terms of plot. Honestly, I, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know that we would be doing ourselves a service by trying to summarize this plot. I think it can be summed up as, like, it's the future, it's the year 2029. Humans can now swap out body parts or become entirely a robot apart from their soul. Which, which is, is known, called a ghost. Which is called a ghost. And uh, in a FBI-type cybercrime unit, 
a cyborg police officer comes in contact with an AI that was created by swimming through the internet and wants to basically a self-created intelligence. Yeah. Doesn't want to become human, but wants certain parts of humanity that will make it its own creature. It wants to die and it wants to evolve. It has sentience now and it wants an identity. Yes, queen. Mm-hmm. This movie, as Rob and I are watching it, I like turned to him and was like, don't we do a podcast about like kids movies? So, you know, we can't just pretend that just because we focus on kids media that like we didn't watch things that aren't more adult as kids. Do we want to dive right in? Yeah, I think we should. Well, well first things first. Let's put our concrete. toes in. Dip our toes in. Ho ho, uh-huh. so this is a virgin alert for everybody. Yeah, this popped my cherry, this movie. Oh boy. Cherry, cherry, pop, pop. Oh, you. That's awful. Robin, you ruined it. Well, it's a new world I live in, but it's fine. Uh, so since it was all of our first watchings, um, what did everybody think? Seashells. Well, you'll find out as I talk about it. <laughs> no, what were your first impressions? I had a lot of them. You know we don't like this question. Most of which are written in my notes. Slam down. Sorry, my answer that question. If your guys is not gonna answer the question, (laughs) okay, Roman, you start. Okay, well, so the very first note that I had was about the nudity because the the nudity is like the first scene, and like it's it's like very blatant, like they're showing this naked person's body, but it's not quite a naked person's body. Very pronounced nipples. Very pronounced nipples. No vagina whatsoever. I mean, we didn't see between her legs. You don't know. No, no. It very, very clearly showed that, like, it's just flat there. Yeah. When I was reading on the internet, like, it's consensus that she doesn't have, um, Mr. Vagina is what what scientists call it. But so that, like, immediate question in terms of nudity, is it nudity if it's a robot? (laughs) I mean... Is she a robot? Is she a human? Uh, like, what does it mean to be a human versus a robot in the context of, like, the human form and, like, the sexual context? She's naked, but she's a robot that is not meant to be seen as a sexual object. Because it don't have a Mr. Magina. Is it a uniform? Is it skin? It's a type of skin, I think. I mean, her her comfortability in her nudity is an indicator that, you know, she's not hypersexualized she's not sexualized yeah. at all because she doesn't have sexual organs yeah though exactly. that does bring up the question why does she have such pronounced breasts and nipples that was exactly that was the other thing yeah this was apparently common amongst like cyberpunk noir 90s 80s shit the director doesn't usually show this much gratuitous nudity and given the source material, he actually could have done a lot more gratuitous nudity. More saying, because the two characters that are nude, you might see as like, oh, it's the two women, because it's the major and uh, the puppet master in a female mm-hmm. uh, shell at one point. But the other thing that links those two characters is that they do not feel a lot of connection with their shell. They are looking to get to a higher plane and kind of think of themselves more as their ghost or being connected to like the network yeah yeah so there's a pronounced difference between kusanagi and bato where she takes off her clothes all the time and doesn't care doesn't care who she's in front of because she her whole body is a robot and she just doesn't see herself as that body it's just a piece of equipment and she doesn't care yeah. where uh, right. bato 
like, covers her with, like, a coat and, like, looks away when she's undressing. So he still has mm-hmm. some humanity there in that, like, there should be some shame in uh, getting naked. He's not entirely cyborg, which she is. Um, important note, I am manspreading all over Robin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, my legs are crossed, so I didn't even notice. But, like, <laughs> my legs are, like, crisscross applesauce, and I'm, like, veering into his world, and so he has to cross his legs to the side. No, I can spread them out on your table here. Wow. The patriarchy lives another day. <laughs> yeah, so, boobs. The very fact that he sees her as human is very interesting to me because she she spends the entire movie, like, struggling with the idea of humanity and whether or not she is human because she is all robotic. And I think that's really, I mean, that is the big question that this movie poses, really. Yeah, what is humanity? I think that's one of the things that I said to Catherine near the beginning is this is a movie that poses more questions than answers. The process of this movie is giving evidence on either side what humanity can be, what humanity is, what roboticism can be, what roboticism is, etc., etc. And I really like the ending, but I don't know that it's, like, definitive. Yeah, it's an exploration more uh, than a lesson. Well, I kind of, before before we even get into the question of the Puppet Master's identity, because we are slow, only slowly introduced to the Puppet Master, and there's a reveal halfway to three quarters of the way through of who the puppet master is but before that even puppet master is presented to us from the perspective of the government that kusanagi is working for as being the evil mastermind hacker who is just like taking control of people of you know other humans bodies and uh, minds and using them for their own purposes right because in this world um people's minds can be hacked first of all the puppet master thing is a trope Right. I mean, it's it's a pretty common trope, this idea that there's like one uber intelligent person or thing that is manipulating the situation. They are usually shown to have moral gray areas and like potentially justifiable ends. Raise your knee. Raise your other knee. Raise your foot. Raise your other foot. Turn around. It's the puppet master. Raise That's your knee. Raise, raise your, your other, other knee. knee. Raise, raise your, your foot. foot. Raise your other foot. Turn, turn around. around. It's the, the puppet, puppet master. What is that from? It's a, like Elijah Wood on like it was some kids show that was popular for a while. I yeah, fucking forget. And, I remember that. Yeah, and he just does that for forty minutes. I remember it's that. It's kids television. Oh, Elijah. But in this instance, the puppet master was being used originally to question as humans: Is this direction that we want to go? that we can allow our brains to be hacked. And then it's also kind of saying that, is it safe? Is it okay to let ourselves become these cyborgs if we can just become hacked? But then the uh, the flip side of that coin is that humans in general are so easy to manipulate. So is it really any different if we augment our bodies, augment our minds? No. Yes. If we're always... No, it's, it's entirely not. different. You can be manipulated person to person, but, like, you can also realize that you're being manipulated. What I like about this movie is it's very different than most movies that are about, like, what happens if the robots get smarter than us. Because usually an Americanized version of that, like, The Matrix, which is basically an Americanized version of this movie, (laughs) is, like, let's shoot all of them, let's beat them, these goddamn robots... But this movie is about, like, this is inevitable. We're gonna get to this point. And it's just, mm-hmm. it's very silly to me how scared we are of it. And that, like, our first thought is, like, how are we gonna control the robots? They're gonna kill us. It, everyone thinks that way. And it's, like, calm the fuck down. Maybe it, 
we can all live in harmony with one another. I don't think we should be afraid of the fact that, yeah, we're gonna put chips in our brain someday. It's gonna fucking happen. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm excited. No, this movie scared me. I was, like, really <laughs> I wasn't. throughout this it's gonna movie. Ha- I thought this had a much more optimistic look at what it's going to be like. It has an optimistic ending. Bad things are gonna happen because of the technology, but also some things are gonna get better. It's and like, like a give and take. There are there you can hack people's brains without in the psychology world the the big thing about like yeah that's true in, false and implanted memories where yeah. there was like this period of time where people were uh, going to certain therapies that were like meant to bring out repressed memories uh, in a lot of instances uh, the processes of like trying to bring out these repressed memories actually created false ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, their word for it is confabulation. Yeah, I think there's definitely instances of us all fucking with each other throughout history without technology. Like on a, on, on, even the word like gaslighting is mm-hmm. is one that's very common, very familiar to us, at, at least us on on this podcast. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm pretty sure it's familiar to the world at large now. Thank goodness that everybody's learning. Um, try gaslighting me once I have a cyborg arm that can smack you. Exactly. Exactly. It's a give and a take. That's, yeah, that's one of the big questions I think of this movie is what are the benefits and what are the detriments to having this inevitable future? You can hack my brain, but I can slap you so hard. Yeah. (laughs) And I will, because I'm a robot. I'm I'm already tired of people being scared of robots because it's just it's gonna fucking happen. AI is gonna happen. I'm an advocate for like how are what are the rights we're gonna give to the robots once they have AI? They we made them. They're going to be I think have personhood, but they are like making decisions based on the things that we tell them, and our society is super flawed. Or I listened to a podcast like specifically about what it's gonna be like with self-driving cars hitting people. And it was talking about that um, mind puzzle thing where it's like, say you see a train coming and it's you can pull a lever and it's either gonna hit a group of people or like one person, you know, <laughs> you know, and like what do you do? We're gonna have to have a huge fucking conversation about this. Of like, is there a federal law about like what a uh, self-driving car will hit? Can you pay more to get a luxury car that will uh, protect the person inside the car over the people outside? Or is there going to be an industry standard? Which, yeah, there should absolutely be an industry standard or rich people are going to just drive around earning us all over. (laughs) (laughs) But it's going to happen, so we just got to deal with it. Yeah, and also I think, like, in those conversations, what we're overlooking is the fact that this number... The snumber. The snumber of people. The number of people who die from car accidents is going to be dramatically reduced. Absolutely. Like, astronomically lower. So many people die in car accidents that don't need to because we're so, we're so dumb and clumsy. We're so fallible. So it becomes a question at that point of, like, is it better to have a human conscious control over things and that human humanity is incredibly fallible? Or is it better to have much less fallible creation that is that is not within our control like with my experiences being a westernized white man the idea of like control and being in control of ourselves and our destinies is something that is so important to us mm-hmm. um that we can't see the past the fact that we'd be saving so many lives by driving self-driving cars see here's the thing is 
in my head, I know that AI is going to realize that and then they're just going to take over because. But that's what I'm saying like, that. In, well, we're going to make things that's safer. That's what I'm saying that's wrong with <laughs> Americans is we immediately go there. We're like, it's going to take over. It's going to kill us all. It's like, we don't fucking know that. I'm not saying it's going to kill us all, but, like, AI is going to eventually realize this logical question well, of, like, should things be human and fallible or logical and... But that's kind of sense. the point, though, of this of this this movie, too, is that it becomes something that is not just an algorithm anymore. It actually develops sentience. And once it has sentience, yeah. who are we to deny it those decision-making capabilities? And it doesn't pull a matrix, but in this movie, the puppet master sees the virtue in humanity and the virtue in something that is living and wants to be more like that and yeah. merge. And so I don't, I yeah. think it's just like so, just doomsday, assuming like AI is going to figure out it's smarter than us and it's going to take see, over. I'm, like, Or maybe it'll see the virtue in something living it's part of the human tendency to want mm -hmm. to see the bad in things and 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 especially even within just our own group of three people we are people with like a lot of anxiety and depression who's and depressed? so we're looking at no this, i'm not but we're we're like we're looking at this from the perspective of at least especially now times in our lives where we view things very negatively per se where it's hard for us to see the redemptive value of being human of like being human and what this movie is trying to show is that from an AI perspective, it's not just seeing all of the like things that it can be better than us at and wanting to do those. It's seeing the things that we are good at, the human aspect, the empathy, love, emotion stuff. And, and I think that AIs would see that and consider that a positive and not just see us as bumbling idiots that need to be ruled over. So if the decision is reached that things should be logical like AI takes over and I'm not saying that in a way that means like kills all the humans I mean that like society shifts which will happen probably within our lifetimes by 2029 yeah. according to this movie I would love to see like a John Grisham-esque trial story where an like the first artificial intelligence sues its owners which for is a existence. corporation for its own like IP for its own like for control of its own life yeah yeah, that is going to happen. Is we're, Our knee-jerk reaction is going to be like, no, you're a robot, we made you, shut up, clean our towels, have sex with us. We have to, I think, come to terms with that we are becoming God and we're making a new species. That, and, they, and the puppet master makes the argument in here of, like, what is so different between a robot and a person? Your memory is just, like, a hard drive and your yeah. personality is like being programmed what is the difference just because like we programmed yeah. it and yours happened to naturally the artificial intelligence wants to like merge and meld this is kind of the climax yeah. merge and meld and become part of her and after that the movie ends with her looking at the city and it's a beautiful shot of the city mm -hmm. which we've never seen before mm -hmm. so this is kind of what we were talking about earlier as well where the AI creature is the thing that sees the beauty in humanity. And once it merges with her, she's able to see the place as beautiful again. Because she's also getting like a bigger image of it. Because um, Oshi, or Oshi, the director, is very well known for doing these like two minute long sequences where you're exploring the city. And we, we have a very striking sequence in the middle where we're going through all these grimy streets with this haunting music and there's a there's a pooch yeah. 
and uh, <laughs> she's uh, the major sees um, another cyborg that looks exactly like her, and it's, my first thought was like, "Killer bitch, killer bitch." What? Like, if I saw a cyborg that looked like me, I would, I would, <laughs> I would kill the bitch. But when she's down in there and she's seeing the nitty gritty of it, it's all super gross and the rusted bicycle in the water. But then at the very end, she steps back and sees all of it, kind of the way that the puppet master can step back and see all of humanity as one thriving thing. And the city looks like, you know, an organism there. Like yeah. The uh, roads are pumping blood into it. But when you step back, a skyline is very beautiful. Even if the bikes are rusty. (laughs) Even if the bikes are rusty. Yeah. The city is beautiful. Interestingly, it doesn't make a difference if the bikes are rusty, whether or not the skyline's pretty. (laughs) Don't tell the USDA that I was doing illegal clinical trials. (laughs) Bike rust. (laughs) I sure won't. I don't think they'll care much because they're a little bit more concerned. Well, what's that supposed to mean? They don't care about what I'm doing? <laughs> no, they don't. Um, in the third episode of Naruto. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> what would y'all do if you were cyborgs? Honestly, I'd probably still just sit on the floor. shit, yeah. Be a piece of just... shit. <laughs> I would poop less. Mm, that's a good point. I would definitely live in a tree. One of the moments that shows how different her life is because she's a cyborg, At the towards the beginning, she wakes up in her tiny little apartment. All she has is a cot in there. I don't, I don't know why she sleeps. She's a robot. But um, I guess brains need sleep. Yeah. She just looks Plus, out. wasn't she charging? She had those cables? Maybe. I don't know her life. And she looks out the window for a little bit and then is like supposedly getting ready for her day, which is just putting on a coat because she doesn't sweat. She doesn't need to shower. She doesn't need to eat, doesn't need to brush her teeth, doesn't need to poop, doesn't need to beg the gods for forgiveness, like I do for 40 minutes every morning. (laughs) She just puts on a cone, she goes to work. Or even just, like, what is one uh, cybernetic modification you would be willing or want to take on? I definitely want those figures that can type faster. Oh, yeah, that was so cool. That was really cool, yeah, because I would want to be able to access as much information as possible. I cannot wait until we achieve, like, extra-dimensional singularity consciousness. It's not going to be ours. Yeah, it's going to be after us. It's not going to be us. Speak for yourself. I'm getting an artificial heart. Yeah, that's not going to... I'm going to be alive forever. ...necessarily keep you alive forever. I'm going to get a pig heart. I'm going to be alive forever. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I'm going to get robot blood. I'm going to get pig blood. I'm going to fill my body to the brim with pig's blood. I'm going to live forever. Y'all think it's robots? It's not. We're supposed to be joining with pigs. (laughs) That's the real singularity. Can we make a movie that's about the singularity being us melding with pigs? You have a choice. Robot or pigs. (laughs) <laughs> and it's pig. just one dumbass who's like pigs I'd, I'd rather be pigs we have to admit the pig people are having more fun than we are we're out here trying to fix intergalactic issues of philosophy and the pig people are just rolling around in the mud ignorance is bliss you know ignorance is pigs pignorance is bliss <laughs> ignorance is pigs yeah so obviously everyone's been waiting for us to talk about um Scarlett Johansson. So I would actually really be interested in watching the American version just to see how much simpler they make it. From what I understand, they 
follow a lot of, like, the 1995 version. There are some scenes that are, like, shot for shot um, and look very, very cool. It all looks very, very cool. But, like, um, the villain is from, like, the sequels and stuff like that. Everyone agrees that it definitely missed the mark on the philosophical questions because it's an American movie. (laughs) And it's more focused on her personal identity before she became um, Lady Robot Lady, which is, which is, like, such a dumb American, like, watches that and goes, but, but what, what, but who was she before she became a robot? Rather than the fact, the point of this is her identity moving on from being a robot with a ghost, being a ghost in the shell. So everyone was pissed because Scarlett Johansson is white, rightly pissed. Um, and then <laughs> they doubled down on it. Like they were trying to backpedal and be like, it's okay. It's okay. See, we've got Japanese representation here. <laughs> Turns out all along, uh, <laughs> Scarlett Johansson or uh, the major in that movie was originally a Japanese woman who oh. died so it's okay, everybody. There's some Japanese in it. It's so awful because um, this... So everyone got pissed after Scarlett Johansson was cast. And then everyone got pissed that people were pissed, right? Mm-hmm. As one does. They did this, like, experiment where this vlogger in uh, Japan went on the street and talked to a bunch of, like, Japanese people about the Scarlett Johansson thing. And none of them even knew what whitewashing was and asked them how they felt about it. And they all said that they, they're like, oh, it's fine. And then everyone took that as, you guys are overreacting. Japanese people think this is fine. <laughs> and then, first of all, um, there are Japanese people in this country. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, this is like a very like Japanese-American issue. Not just a Japanese-American issue, but a Hollywood issue. A Hollywood yeah. issue. It's, like, very it's specific to the production and creation of movies in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. so it's obviously like somebody in, in japan is going to be like yeah okay it's a fine movie whatever so. but like if you're looking at it from the perspective of there are japanese actors in hollywood who mm-hmm. would like to have representation and roles at and if you're making a, a japanese movie set in japan about a japanese character not casting a japanese person is if just you're telling like, a japanese story <laughs> like it's just stupid in this day and age as people have tried to explain, there's, like, a unique relationship between Ghost in the Shell and Japan that makes it completely inappropriate to, like, take this movie and make it American. Like, we don't get it. Mm-hmm. And, uh... This article I was trying to find, and I can't find it. I do have quotes from it, and it was talking about how um, our relationship with Japan mm-hmm. is that we bombed them we demilitarized them. So they were one of the, like, military superpowers in the world, and we demilitarized them and Mm -hmm. just took everything from them and said, sit here, child. Their industry now, as, like, tech leaders, came from, like, the only thing being left behind is they had just, like, a ton of tin cans everywhere and started to make toys from those, and they would make, like, American little Jeeps for cheaper with, like, tin and then sell it back to America. And then that's how it kind of started getting on its feet again. And the question in this article is, like, why do they do American ones? And it's because Japan has this just history of appropriating our culture and selling it back to us. And I'm not saying appropriating in, like, a negative term, like, they're culturally appropriating it. I'm just saying that's what they did. These women in this vlog that were saying that it's fine, 
the mm. Japanese Americans who've uh, commented on it are, like, not surprised by their reaction because a lot of them were like, oh, it's actually better with a white woman than, like, if it was with, like, a Chinese woman because they really don't want it to be another Asian <laughs> person besides a Japanese person. And they're also, like, they... White women are held up to this, like, stupid ideal that, like, this is the perfect body. And um, so much of that comes from appropriating American culture in Japan to sell it back to us. But it has a detrimental effect on how Japanese people see themselves. And, like, a lot of them were saying, like, oh, yeah, it should be a white woman. It looks more like anime then because anime doesn't look quite as... They don't look like Japanese people. Like, in this movie, especially... The people who look the most Asian are, like, the human, uh... Schlubs. Schlubs, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then our robots. Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously they're white, but... So this was originally posted by Emily Yoshida in an article called Ghost in the Shell and Anime's Troubled History with Representation from uh, 2016, posted on TheVerge.com. This is not a story of a country so in love with magic America that it it abandoned its own cultural identity. This is a country that culturally appropriated from that culture that had asserted dominance over it in order to rebuild itself. So that's, like, the complicated relationship we have with Japan. Right. And why so many of those people would be like, yeah, it should be a white person. Hmm. It doesn't mean it's okay. (laughs) And and then uh, a lot of Japanese Americans were saying when they watched this movie, it hurt because... Anime is something that made them feel connected to where they're from. Yeah. Because they are othered in the United States. It's like less than 5% of major movie roles are Asian Americans. I'm going to just read this very long quote. I don't remember what it's about, but I apparently thought it was important. (laughs) As comic author John... How do you suppose you pronounce that? Sue. Pointed out on Twitter, Japan has a relationship to technology that is fundamentally different from the States, which is why Ghost in the Shell is so irrevocably Japanese. Technology was what Japan turned to as a means to assert itself as a world leader when military might was no longer an option. The wire-encrusted dystopias of 90s anime are the natural outgrowth of a country brought to its knees by nuclear warfare that threw itself into a tech explosion and is now slumping through economic downturn. And it's an indirect American inheritance. America took away Japan's army, tossed Mm. it some tin cans, said, here, play with this instead. A half a century later, we have the PS4, Hatsune Miku, and sex robots. That's better than than comfort women, to be sure. It's definitely better than nukes, but it permanently altered the entire question of national identity. Just because (laughs) there is a vlog, and I've seen it mentioned in so many other videos and articles, just because there is a vlog of people on the streets of Japan saying, no, we like white people better <laughs> than a Japanese actress does not mean this is okay. That is just, like, yeah. a symptom of the bigger issue. ScarJo yeah. should have stepped down. She should have known better. But she didn't. And, and it's, it's so fucking rude. I actually, I saw, like, some clips of it. And she didn't really feel, like, the major to me. I was just, like, very aware that she's Scarlett Johansson, you know? Yeah. And she has kind of, like, a more somber feel to her than, like, the anime did. You made a comment once where she's like, she doesn't have a personality. She kind of does, But she though. she very much, yeah, I, in my opinion, her personality was that of, like, somebody whose entire physical essence is, is a robot, but there's there's a remaining human 
just deep inside of her. She has that like very robotic quality, very straightforward. Like I'm not, I don't know. She's like very direct, very comfortable in a lot of things, but willing to acknowledge her human. I don't know. Scott Johansson is just like, I don't know who I am in this world of robots. You know, that's it. It just didn't feel like her. And also, I couldn't think of her like as a robot because it's Scarlett Johansson. So I think that actually would have been a better casting move to cast someone who wasn't as well known. Yeah. Because it was very hard to like separate those two. I was just like watching Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. Instead of a robot. What a missed opportunity. It looked rad. Yeah, the effects always are rad. There's so much to talk about in this movie. Um, There's but, literally nothing else to talk about in this movie. We've literally talked about it. <laughs> so, okay, one thing that, like, my dad had asked me before we watched the movie, like, not even related to the movie, he just, like, was, was wanting to make conversation. Oh, my god! And his idea of making conversation is, he asked me, so what is uh, the mind versus the brain? <laughs> that was the worst noise I could make. <laughs> It's like there's an awkward lull at the family table. Thinking of the young person, but it kind of is. And what did you say, Robin? That's his like. How about them hawks? <laughs> when you say the mind versus the brain, are you using a different word for soul? Are you talking about like when you say mind, do you just mean the soul as opposed to the brain, like the thinking part of us? versus like the identity part of us the consciousness versus the conscious creator and that's the exact conversation that like this movie is having the idea of the ghost in the shell the the whole puppet master the idea of the puppet master's identity is it's a self-created soul almost can it can a soul create itself and how i mean what is the the internet and is that a spiritual thing which like my dad was asking it from that perspective like he's a spiritual person this movie is asking it from very much the opposite perspective. Or, I mean, maybe not even opposite perspective, but it's not considering it from some religious point of view. You know the moment before she merges with the Puppet Master? There's just, like, a few frames of an angel descending upon her? What the fuck was that? I guess I didn't notice that. But what do you think it meant? I don't know. Divine creation, probably. Maybe. I I really, really, really like what you said earlier, Catherine, about we are becoming gods. (laughs) Clearly. Yeah. In well, that, I'm already God. <laughs> in that way that we we are approaching the ability to create, you know, in my opinion, I think, create life and sentience. A different than just raising a child. Yeah. That there's a there's this divine difference between having a kid and pooping it out of your <laughs> Jesus pooter, creating life from nothing. In a similar way, it's like before they merge, it's like a big old battle. And on, on the walls, there is like these fossil records, big old map of like the biology, uh, like history of biology, like mm-hmm. the genealogy of like hominids and stuff like that. And Hominids that just, are at the top. Yeah, hominids are right at the top. And that just all gets destroyed, blasted by bullets. So it's like one thing, in one way, technology absolutely is destroying the biological past. But then in the next scene technology becomes a part of the biological history yeah it's like saying we need to there's now a step above hominid 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 which we thought was like the end of our evolution yeah it's like no it's time to evolve into machine ladies (laughs) there was just one line almost about like in the algorithm age in the robot age 
the form that eugenics takes. When we physically have the ability to decide what our bodies are going to be like, it's a tie-in to the, the Scarlett Johansson thing where... It's like they, they could almost make an argument for like, you know, what is race biologically if you can put a brain in another thing and it doesn't exist anymore. But then they were making more of a point that like this Japanese person died, so they were going to put her in a just scientifically perfect body. Obviously, it's white. Yeah, and then the another problem with that, the point in history that this movie is being made, the place that it's being made, the people it's being made by, all uh, are related to the way that you're telling the story. And, and so you can't, you can't make this point that like, oh yeah, well in this movie, like race is a like construct that's been totally abolished when you're making it in 2018 in America where there is still a context of whitewashing going on. To be fair, it was made in 2017. 2017. Yeah, okay. There was no whitewashing in 2017. <laughs> no, it just started this year. <laughs> but um, when this was first announced, I was just, in like 2016, I'm just thinking of like how many actual steps we've made. Yeah. Because there was still that argument of like, you can't have black people in the movie because no one will come and see it. Um, and that's been so... Uh, unanimously disproven in 2018 especially mm -hmm. in 2017 um because i mean star wars happened and we had a woman and a black person and even that seems like so not huge anymore that like the force awakens had a woman and a black man as the main characters but at the time that was like i was like what the fuck black panther happened yeah one of the highest grossing movies of the year was like almost entirely black cast and then we had Crazy Rich Asians, and there's just, there's a lot happening. Is it happening fast enough? I don't fucking know. No. No. <laughs> but a lot has changed since this original casting, and I think it was the casting that set off a much larger debate in Hollywood. This episode features the song Enthusiast by Tours. To make a suggestion, tweet the name of your favorite television show, movie, book, or video game to at Grow the Pot Up with a brief message about why it was meaningful to you. We're trying something new, guys. If we use your suggestion for an episode, we will send you a neat and nifty Grow Up sticker. If you really want to go the extra mile, you can send us a voice message with your suggestion to growthepodup at gmail.com and we will share it on the air. We've done it before. Try to stop us now. <laughs> You've been listening to Grow Up, a Saturday morning podcast with Maddie Gray, <laughs> Robin Coppock, and Katherine Johnson. Like what you hear? We don't. So rude. <laughs> if you do, please leave us a review on iTunes or on our Facebook page. Share our podcast with your friends and follow us on your favorite social media platform. And if you do all three of these things, oh, we'll oh. put your name. Can you hear me clicking my fingers? <laughs> into our witching jar. Oh, what happens when we go into the witching jar? Cameron? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. <laughs> We don't know yet. We have to get your name in there so we can find out. Uh, we are at Grow the Pot Up on every social media ever. Join us again, the way you always do, oh faithful listener, uh, as we continue Anime Month with Kiss Kiss Fall in Love or on High School Host Club. 
Oh boy. Oh fucking boy. Oh. <laughs> was Flippity boy. Was that a surprise? Are <laughs> watching that? We will talk oh, about it next Oh, week. aren't we going to have things? I'll next cr- week. I'll cry. It has emotional bye. things for me. Okay, bye. Guten Tag.